Welcome to Make Out With Him, a crushes, dating, relationships and kissing podcast hosted by love amateurs Lex Croucher and Rizyana Hosrojas. We are here to give you bad advice whether you want to make out with him, her, them, everybody or nobody. We still have no theme tune. We still have no guests. It's just us. I'm sorry. I apologize for us as people. We'll be better. Maybe. We'll never be better. I'm sorry. This is what it is. So your faves are super problematic. It's super problematic. Also, we're your faves. <laughs> just letting you know. Just letting you know that we're your faves. Jesus, this is gonna go well. Welcome to episode two. How are you doing, Lex? Oh, great. I've got some gin and tonic, and so Rosianna, you've got some gin and tonic too, right? Mm-hmm. In fact, I just took a massive sip while you were asking me that question. Yeah, and you were like, "Yes, literally, it's in my gullet." If you are a person who likes to drink and can legally drink and physically and you know emotionally you can drink but not too much you should join us and have a gin and tonic with us when you listen to this podcast because we just think that then you won't notice how bad it is i would also suggest for the non-drinkers among you tonic water with lime you're weird it's almost all of the good stuff it tastes really good I like it a lot. that's just like malaria medication I'd just like to point out that i spilled my gin and tonic all the way down myself when I was talking yeah. about how you should be drinking a gin and tonic, which I think is a it's a sparkly endorsement. That's what I usually do um, in your company. I often spill things in your company. Because I'm so funny. I become the clumsiest person when I'm hanging out with you. It's I don't know contagious. why. I just, I move my limbs and everything crumbles around me into dust. I broke Lex's plate quite dramatically when I was staying at her flat. It was really bad. Listen, I had two plates. Okay, this has a happy ending, but I had two plates total, because I don't like to have lots of stuff, you know, because then you have to wash up a lot of stuff. If you only have two plates, then you have to hold yourself accountable to washing up or you just can't eat. I had this beautiful plate (laughs) and Rosianna smashed it. And I tried to keep in my sadness, but I think she saw it clearly in my eyes well i think it's because when you said i only had two plates yeah it was probably that bit when i wailed i only had two (laughs) that made it clear that i was pretty upset i was like oh fuck and then just before my birthday i received a delivery of four plates from rosiana so happy you're a woman now a woman now a five plate woman and uh they're beautiful plates thank you rosiana for my birthday present oh no worries I'll smash one of them next time I'm there. Please do to make it an even number because it's upsetting that it's five. Because <laughs> I don't have five friends. Jesus, when am I going to have five people in the flat? Never. I'm your only friend, right? Like me. I'm the most important person. Everything's about me. I think so. That sounds right. You can send your questions to us at makeoutwithhim at gmail.com or you can use the hashtag makeoutwithhim on Twitter or you can tweet us at makeoutwithhim if you can, like if you can fit it in. Please include your pronouns and the name you would like us to call you, or you could be anonymous, or like we said last time, you could be Runal. Runal Wazib. Is that how you say it? Runal Wazlib. I think there's an L in there. Runal Wazlib. This is the thing, like, you know, when you've just read something so many times. This is a Harry Potter reference, by the way, for people who are like, what is this? Everything we say is a Harry Potter reference. Our lives are a Harry Potter reference, to be honest. Yeah, I am very derivative of Harry Potter. We should, we're actually a witch podcast. Oh, we should have done a witch. Okay, we're not witches, though. I mean, we are witches, but like, we're not, we're not practicing. Are you practicing well, witch? Well, I have this like long time dream of doing a Sabrina the Teenage Witch podcast. Which I don't. can also do on the side. I don't know if that makes you a practicing witch. Just before we crack on with questions with the, what we're actually meant to be doing with this podcast say crack again let me just, crack let me just tell you that um i genuinely thought let's okay just 
mentally prepare yourself for this because I'm deadly serious. I genuinely thought that Salem in Sabrina the Teenage Witch was a stuffed dead cat that they were making move with animatronics, (laughs) but it was a real dead cat. And I thought that for a very long time. Oh my God. (laughs) I didn't even have to say to that. He looks, he looks like that's some skin. He looks like, have you ever seen bad taxidermy? I mean, only Google. Yeah, he's got, you know what it is? The eyes look wrong. He just looks badly stuffed. Sorry, Salem. I don't know if Salem's like hot by cat standards. I feel like I could ask my cat, but she's just kind of, she's asleep. He's like a, he's like a silver fox, surely. You would think so, but he's kind of goofy. And you know, he's a dead cat skin with animatronic innards, according to my brain. To be honest, who isn't? Thank you for joining us for this Salem podcast, the Salem fan cast. Just on the side of talking about Salem, we're going to answer some questions from our emails. Uh, So our first question is from Anonymous, very verbose. It's from Runal. It's from Runal. It's in all caps. Q. Why does he like me, WTF? (laughs) A. Question mark, 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 another like 20 of those. Exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point. Thank you for continuing with the punctuation because I think it's very important that it's all captured on the podcast for people to actually listen to. I don't want to misrepresent someone's question. You don't want to underplay the question, that's fair. No. So just for clarity, this person has asked a question and answered it themselves. Why does he like me? And then lots of question marks. So the answer is, because that's like... When there's lots of question marks, that's the noise I would make. If it was stage directions and it just said question mark, question mark, question mark, I'd be like, Ugh! I don't know about you. Do you feel like that's accurate? I would I would mime. Like panic, a shrug. Despair, okay, panic. And then maybe death. Panic and death. Okay. Because um, I feel like shrug is like the shrug emoji. Anyway. Or the shrug emoji that's made out of... Is it kanji letters? Anyway. The point is... In any case. This person has not given us any context apart from the fact that they've said, why does he like me? I'm choosing to believe that this is a kind of, it could be either a kind of imposter syndrome, like why does this person like me? I'm not worthy of their like, or it could be, why does he like me? Ugh, I don't want him to like yes. me, but I'm choosing to go with the first one. Like, oh my God, I can't believe he likes me. That's what I'm, I've decided that's what that means. I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing. I think I'm going to choose that it's a good thing, but this person is confused because they, they can't see their own self-worth. I don't know much about you, Anonymous, but Runal, I'm sure you're a person of great worth and joy, and I'm sure you have interesting interests. I'm sure that one day you want to see the Northern Lights, or you've already seen them. In which case, like, you're too good for that person. Sometimes it is confusing. Because, you know, sometimes if someone likes you, you're like, oh, what could they see in me? But actually, the answer is everything. They see they see all of you and they like and appreciate you. I've chosen to go a very specific path with this question. Because if it's the other one, then, whoa, it. I'm so off base. If it's the other one, don't pay attention to any of that. If no, but I think if it's low self-worth and you're wondering, you know, like, what is it? If the question is, what is it does he see in me? That would never be the question, because that was very strangely worded, the way you just said that. (laughs) What is it does he see in me? Is that a sentence? No. (laughs) (laughs) It's not even late for you in Indiana. What's it that he sees in me? What's it that he sees in me? Right? Yeah, what is it that he sees in me? Yeah. Anyway, if that's the question, 
emotion and not the other thing that I said. Maybe the problem is that you don't believe yourself as someone who can be liked and that doesn't seem to be the case. And it's silly. And be generous it's silliness. Yeah, come on, you're great. Even the most, not to put you in this camp, but even the most unlikable people, they have something about them that someone's gonna like. I'm not gonna make any comparisons to bad people in history because that's a dangerous road. But, you know, Voldemort, um, oh, you know what's interesting is that now I, I think that Voldemort is right, because I know Voldemort is right, but if I say Voldemort, I'm like, ugh, you peasant, what are you saying? Voldemort. Um, sorry, this is cursed, cursed child privilege, because we've both seen cursed child. <laughs> I went through a really pretentious phase in secondary school when I was like, it's Voldemort. It's Voldemort, you guys. Don't you know French? Anyway, um, <laughs> Voldemort has a lot of bad qualities. At the same time, some people are into anagrams of names. They don't like a prominent nose and they like reptilian men. I feel like Voldemort's quite genderless to me. Is that crazy to think? No, I think that's right. I think he's very purposefully, like, de-sexed as well. I don't think of him as... I said him, though. I mean, he... I say him... I said he. I say him because they say him and because he was Tom Riddle, but I feel like when he becomes Voldemort, like, he is your automatic response because of who he was. But I don't think of him as having gender necessarily yeah. however in the films when you see ray finds his muscular arms when he raises oh, his arms up to cast spells you're like wait i'm confused <laughs> i want to touch those arms oh no voldemort stay oh, away it makes me uncomfortable that he has those muscular arms anyway how did he get onto question. him oh yeah because people want to date him too. like people like bellatrix was into him. <laughs> this is a very interesting line of thought. This is the way I've got. Here's how I've gone with this. Bellatrix wanted to get all up in Voldemort's grill. It just reminds you of Lucy Watson from Made in Chelsea. Why is everyone getting up in my grill? Listen, <laughs> even if you're as bad as Voldemort, which you pro- probably aren't, I would hope, then people are still going to find things to like about you. And you still have to find things to like about yourself because I'm pretty sure he had high self-confidence. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, Voldemort did? Yeah, obviously. He was like, I should rule the wizarding world. I always knew I was special. He had the opposite of imposter syndrome, which is what Donald Trump has. Narcissism? Oh. Why but are we more than that. that guy? He just makes it, he makes me sadder than Voldemort. I'm sorry that I said his name on the podcast. Um, he's banned from this podcast. He, okay, he's banned. banned. That's it. He had one strike, now he's out. I mean, that should be the rule anyway. Just anyway. So... <laughs> I feel like we've answered your question. Next. I think I think we've done a great job. All right, feel good. Harry asks, the past few weeks when I've come out of my therapy session, there has been an attractive man in the waiting room as he has the session after mine. We've had charged eye contact. Oh, just even reading the words charged eye contact gave me a little, little shudder. But that's it. I'm sorry, I'm not getting off on your question. Just to clarify. <laughs> I meant it just gave me some kind of feeling, not... A, anyway. A frisson. A frisson. 
In any other situation, I wouldn't think twice about saying hi or asking him out, but because of the context, I've hesitated. Would it be weird because we share a therapist? If anything happened, would it affect my relationship with my therapist? I like the idea of a guy who makes himself vulnerable enough to go to therapy, but I'm wary of potential complications. I'm aware that this is worrying about something that hasn't even happened, but it has really got me thinking and I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this. Thanks. In the OC, this did not work out well, the television program about Orange County. (laughs) I sometimes think that maybe we're old and the OC is like for old people. Do you ever think that? There are so many like cool young teens who'd be like, what's the OC? Oh God. Heartbreak. What's Christmaker? What's Christmaker? Like I don't wanna I don't wanna live in a world where no one knows what Christmaker is. However, I'm faithful that this person is not like Oliver from the OC, probably. And uh I don't know, okay, as far as making things awkward or affecting your relationship with your therapist I don't think it would because therapists are trained to, you know, keep things in confidence and then also treat every um, person they work with as as their own person and respect that. The time where it could be awkward if something did or didn't happen is, you know, being in that waiting room situation. Um, But at the end of the day, I really don't think it's going to be that much of a situation. You could always change your time if you needed to. Um, yeah. Just to go to the dark place, as though things <laughs> didn't work out straight away. That's me. Um, you can always cry in the waiting room to guilt trip them if things go badly. No, I'm sorry, I don't do that. That's manipulative. <laughs> Unless you just need to cry, in which case, just cry. You know, if it's honest crying, you're allowed to cry in your therapy. I've I haven't cried in my therapist waiting room, but that's because I'm very against crying in front of my therapist, which I think says something about me, and maybe I need more therapy. Yeah, my therapist kept trying to get me to cry. Same. Like, no, I refuse. Same. They're sick. They're not My sick. My tears but are they not just, for everyone. They really, they want you to cry because I feel like it's like the, it must be some kind of goal and they like hang out at therapist meetings and they're like, oh, did you get that person to cry? No, not yet. They haven't cracked. But uh, next week I'm going to get them to talk about like their childhood. This isn't what therapists do. I'm sorry. I'm painting a really bad picture of therapists. No. But it's really funny because, like, I'm so steadfast about not crying in front of my therapist. And then I read that article about how um, the Maori River has been given the rights of a person at work and just started sobbing. So I'm fine crying in front of my colleagues, but not in front of my therapist. I cry constantly. I cry in front of strangers. I cry in front of everyone. Like, everyone has seen me cry. If they know me, they have likely seen me cry because I cry constantly. But yeah, my poor therapist tries really hard and she's only seen me cry twice. Let's get real personal here. Once was because of a breakup and once was because a person I was in a serious relationship with had told me they weren't sure if they loved me. And I think those are pretty justified reasons for crying in front of your therapist. But I I could tell as I was reaching for the tissues that she was like, yeah, you're doing it. You're crying. I see you. I'm going to have something great to tell Judy tonight. Oh, can't wait to tell Judy I made this bitch cry. (laughs) Anyway. So, wait a minute. Where's the question? Should you ask out? Yeah, it will not affect your relationship with your therapist. Therapists are professionals. They're not actually meeting up and comparing whether or not they made someone cry today. And they similarly will not meet up and discuss your relationship with someone else that they are... um, therapizing that's the word also there's no way that it would ever come up in your session or in that person's session if you have a you know a professional 
therapist who is doing their job properly. So I wouldn't worry about that, that aspect of it at all. I think, yeah, the only thing that could be uncomfortable is the waiting room situation in that, like, if you go on some dates and then it ends badly and you end up in the waiting room together. But I feel like, actually, it would be a beautiful rom-com moment, especially if, like, it had been slightly upsetting and you were both going into therapy to talk about this thing that had happened. You could just see each other in the waiting room and, like, nod. Like, give, give, give each other the nod. Like, yeah, that happened. I'm here to talk about it gonna be okay maybe i'm just romanticizing this no i think i i really agree i think that like there's something kind of beautiful about a waiting room because it is a neutral space i don't know i wonder if there's a way to like say hi or ask him out outside of that space i agree actually i think like if there comes a moment when you okay wait let me reread your question because i want to see where the crossover point would be he has the session after yours okay you're gonna have to leave therapy slightly early you're gonna have to leave therapy this sounds again this sounds a little manipulative i feel like any, anything i say is i think manipulative. That, i think the i think you i think you can say hi and chat and then I don't know. How do you, I don't want to like trap him. Yeah. Okay. Here's the thing. At some point you will cross paths probably like at some point you'll probably finish therapy early or he'll be late. And if you can meet him in that neutral space of being outside of therapy and outside the waiting room, I think that's the best scenario in which to ask him out. Um, If that situation doesn't arise, then I think, like when you're in the waiting room of therapy, you might be in a very specific headspace and it could be difficult to have that conversation, but you can test the water. Like you can say hi, you can see if he's open to chatting. If he's not, maybe that's just not a thing that's going to happen. Um, if he's not comfortable having that conversation with you or just any conversation with you, you have to respect that. Um, but you know, people surprise you. Maybe he'll be open to having a conversation. And if he is open to having a conversation, I don't see anything wrong with saying would you like to get a coffee? You know, would you like to continue this conversation? Over would you like months? to continue this conversation over coffee? Like, would you like to continue this conversation after you're done at therapy? Yeah. Hey, we have something in common. We both have the same therapist. Let's explore that. And how does that make you feel? <laughs> and how does that make you feel? Let's go for coffee and talk about how that makes you feel. Yeah. Have we given a definitive answer? No. Will we continue as if we have? Yes, yes, I think solved so. Solved your problem. I Good. think so. Well, but well done with the charged eye contact. I'm always in favour of that. Oh my god, charged eye contact. Uh... I love good eye contact, man. Especially with a good stranger. <laughs> yeah, you're filthy. You like that filthy stranger eye contact. Oh yeah. You just like to. You just like to make eye contact and then just in public. Uh, yeah, so rude. Disgusting. Um, the next <laughs> question is from Zoe. And Zoe says, hi, Lex and Rosianna. My question, do you have an excellent way of getting over worrying how everyone else in the cafe or restaurant or etc. thinks your date is going? It's already easy to be performative on a date. And I know I listen to people trying to make conversation if I'm there by myself. Ellipsis. This is a very good question because, okay, but I don't know if I have good advice necessarily because... I know that I perform on first dates, but I'm still performing myself. I'm kind of performing the version of myself that's in YouTube videos, like just a heightened version of me. Because 
anytime you're recording, like right now, anytime you're recording or filming, you're obviously trying to get your best self across. But I think everyone's performing on a first date, so it's not that weird. I think anyone you're on a date with is also going to be doing a little bit of performing. I, it's never affected me to wonder how other people think my date is going. I'm too concerned with um, how much I'm talking and what a <laughs> terrible impression of myself I'm giving. <laughs> I also find, though, that going on dates in less than typical date places is quite helpful. Give us some examples, Lex. Here are some examples. Okay, so the most recent dating experience I had was that I was going on dates with someone from Tinder and <laughs> he suggested that we went for a nice walk and... Uh, like a kind of countryside ramble as close to the countryside as you can get in London. I said no, because generally my advice is don't meet people in countryside walking locations. If you don't know them, meet them somewhere very public. And so we ended up actually in a terrible cocktail bar near my flat. It was pretty empty. (laughs) It was at 3 p.m. on a Sunday. Which is also really good, by the way, because if you meet at like a weird time or like in the day, you have a very good excuse to leave if it's not going well. If you like commit to an evening, you're committed to an evening. But if you're like 3 p.m. on a Sunday, let's go to a cocktail bar. You just, you're throwing them a zag. They don't know what to do. Sorry, that was a My Brother, My Brother and Me reference, which I can't, I can't help it. Um, In that scenario, you can find, like, for example, at 3 p.m. on a Sunday in a cocktail bar, there was no one else around to even judge me. And that's kind of helpful. You can find those places where people aren't judging you or people aren't even expecting that it's a date. Also, we always perceive that people are judging us more than they are. And most people won't even notice that you're on a date. People really aren't thinking about you as much as you think they're thinking about you. Also, my big thing with this is like, all right, you know, let's say in this scenario, they're listening and judging and having an opinion on it. Like a week down the line, are they going to even remember that experience? No. It just doesn't unless last you in their do memory. something unless you do something just incredibly rememberable that's not a word unless you do something incredibly <laughs> memorable i just know that's going to stay in, in the incredibly rememberable rememberable unless you're rememberable spinning unless you do something really memorable like you know just screaming or you know but even then like how long are you going to remember that time you were at a party oh i would remember if i saw someone on a date and then they started screaming i would I would remember. Forever? I would be telling that story in a podcast 10 years later. You know, the no, good news right, that we forever. haven't spoken about is that one day we die and it really won't matter. Listen, you're, you're not wrong. Because I think about this often. Like nothing we really <laughs> yeah. do matters that much because we'll be dead. Yeah. Which is why I'm going to get some silly tattoos. And which is why I also don't mind embarrassing myself generally in life. Because... If you're enjoying yourself and doing things you want to do, who cares what other people think? I agree. I think that it's not affecting them. You know what? Mortality, it's terrifying, but it's also extremely liberating. And we only have a certain amount of time on this earth, so we should be nice to people. And we should also speak very loudly on dates and scream. (laughs) And accept the inevitability of death. Thank you for listening to Dear Hank and John, a comedy podcast about death. Hey, they don't have a... They have exclusive rights on death. No one does. That's the thing. We'll all die. Copyright. It's going to die too. (laughs) (laughs) Copyright. The final frontier. Please just don't worry about it. Please just have the best time you can. Be your best self. Live your best life. And if people are judging you, that's their problem. Not yours. If you want to scream in the middle of your date, please do. 
I mean, maybe don't, but maybe do. But if you do it, then make sure you write in and tell us about how it went. Please do. We want updates on any... If we answer your question, we want an update. Even if we don't, just email us about your lives. You can email us at makeoutwithhim at gmail.com. Let's move on to another question. Yay! Um, Emma says, so psyched for the podcast. Thanks. Us too. Let's see if you're still psyched by the time we've answered your question. You might have switched off by now. Please come back. My question is, how does one construct the perfect Tinder bio? Thank you, Emma. I make my friends do it usually. <laughs> I literally like, I ask my friends for advice, what they, what they would write. And often they write something really silly. And then I kind of slightly tone it down a little bit. And then that's it. I think that like, if I think about it too hard, I try and make it, it just becomes this ridiculous thing. I don't know. But yeah, no, get your friends to write your about, I think. And then also, you can also you can pick your own pictures, the ones that make you feel good about yourself. But you can also ask your friends' opinions on that. Like, not in an assessment kind of way. Like, if they're good friends, they'll just be like, well, these ones are the ones that you should put on there. Rather than like, you look terrible in these. <laughs> so don't put these on. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, I think that that's the, that's the way forward, friendship. In terms of pictures, what I actually find interesting is that I'll put maybe three pictures that make me feel really good about myself and I think are really flattering. And then I'll put one picture that I think is less flattering, but more how I think I actually look, which sounds weird because I actually look like all of my pictures, obviously, because they are photographs of me. But I find it helpful to have a picture in there that I think like, yeah, that's probably what I actually look like on a typical day because then it just makes me feel confident about the fact that I'll meet that person and they'll go, okay, that's what you look like. I don't know if what I'm saying makes any sense whatsoever, but I just feel like you want your best self and then you want your everyday self. Maybe maybe other people don't want this. This is just what no, I do. No, it's true. Like That's, I think, why I have this picture of me um, playing with that gigantic dog that our friend had. Oh, that was such a good dog. dog You guys, there was this dog. Okay, so Rosianna and I went to California together like five years ago, four years ago. And uh, there was, yeah, there was, uh, we stayed at a friend's apartment and there was a huge dog. He was a St. Bernard, right? I think he was a St. Bernard, yeah. And he was called Moose and he was beautiful. And he was the biggest dog I've ever met in my life. And we didn't know he was going to be there. And our friend opened the door and was like, hope you don't mind, there's a dog. And I was like, oh my God, this is the best thing that's ever happened to me. So we got to spend this whole time hanging out with this gigantic dog. And there's all these pictures of like me sleeping on his neck. And I would give anything to sleep in his neck again. Anyway, that's not what this podcast is about. That was the time that um, I slapped Lex and actually has turned into the only animated image of us like on the internet together is like me slapping you over and over again yeah there's a gif of rosianna slapping me it's beautiful i look horrified it was just a video that i put on my channel about us being in la yeah that i was going to vidcon but it's still just one of my favorite videos on the internet because it's just bizarre and because someone made a really great gif out of it that was the first time i ever went to california oh happy times so i as i've said before live in indiana and I don't mean to isolate anyone for their political views, but for me, it's very important to, as a half Mexican, to know that I'm not dating someone who's in support of people saying racist things about my family, um, or really anyone <laughs> in the world. So I've literally had to put on my bio uh, 
swipe left if you voted for Trump. And, uh, yeah. you know, that's been straight to the point. And I think it really has weeded out a lot of people, um, which is great. That's what I'm here for. I hope you just saw me unzip my jeans, by the way. <laughs> no, I'm sad I missed it. Uh, anyway, <laughs> I, yeah, I have, I have a similar, um, process on my Tinder, which is that I would write, so my, my Tinder used to just say feminism, which is yeah. a filter. And then it's, it, uh, most recently it said, um, I don't eat meat. I have a cat. I'm bad at Tinder, which, you know, all accurate and saying you don't eat meat, you know, people are going to be like, aha, it's one of those, uh crazy liberals I've heard so much about and that I have a cat people are going to know I'm a crazy cat lady it's very important to know that I have a cat because she is the main thing in my life and people have to be aware of the fact that she's the most important thing and guys have to like fit around that in my life um that's when I knew that I from afar liked your gentleman friend because I heard that he dropped everything when your cat was sick I think Although you, he he was fine with you cancelling plans or or doing something extreme because your cat was sick. Yeah, we we'd been dating like a short amount of time. My cat was ill, and so I cancelled a date, and he was completely fine with it, and was just like, "Oh my god, I hope she's okay." Like yeah. that's this is good. Anyway, I said I wasn't going to talk about my gentleman. Oh, sorry, friend. sorry. It's fine. It's fine. I'm sure he's fine with people thinking he's a good person who likes cats um but yeah no it's it's a helpful filter it's good to have those things that filter out the people and they'll still message you you'll still get messages yeah. from people like i got messages from people that were like well i eat meat and i like dogs which a i also like dogs and b what are you doing <laughs> why are you messaging me like well i eat meat so i'm like cool i've dated people who eat meat before i just you know, it's it's like a litmus test, like seeing how people respond to you having these things that are indicative of how you feel about politics or social issues or just anything like that. Um, I think, it, yeah, it's whatever's the most important. It's hard to obviously rank what's the most important, but whatever is extremely important to you that would be like, what would be an immediate turn off if you found out mm -hmm. about someone you're dating or on a first date with? It's kind of easier to just like, you know, put the thing that's important to you in there. As with everything we talk about on this podcast, when it's just the two of us, we are white women. Yeah. And we're white cis women and we have a very specific experience. So obviously it's not always that easy for people to like filter people out in that way or even want to put things out there that could yeah, make them sure. feel vulnerable. Um, sure. But I do think that it is generally helpful to have some idea that people match up with you in some of your core beliefs basically because especially with tinder it's weird like tinder is weird i tweeted the other day let me quote myself from a tweet i, I tweeted tweet saying, you were talking about because it was a great tweet <laughs> thank you thank you very much it was a tweet in which i said that meeting someone on tinder is weird because it's like you picked them out of a man catalog for me because i'm looking for men um and it is weird, like, you're literally looking at pictures in a small bio of somebody, and that's how you're judging whether or not you want to meet this person in real life. Yeah. And that is a very strange situation. Um, well, that's so I think part it's of just... why I include that stuff in my bio, yeah. because it's personal safety. It's like protecting yeah. myself. Yeah. I think it's just important to get an idea that, you know, you guys are going to get on on a basic level, and that you're going to feel comfortable 
in their presence. Right, and that they don't own... The thing that I don't get with Indiana is that all of these people who put guns in their profile pictures, because I'm like, Ugh. well, you could easily kill me with that. So I'm not going to go on a date with you. Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye, sir. I feel like the other... The things... Okay, here are the deal breakers for me. It's, it's like... Because I'm looking for guys when I'm on Tinder. It's guys holding fish. Like, yes. they fishing. Yes. Which happens a lot. Like, look at this big fish. I'm like, great, I want to fuck you now. And <laughs> guys... It's almost as big as my at, dick. It's almost as big as my dick, this fish. Can you see my cat in the yeah. background? She's like, okay, I want to get in on this podcast, actually. She's like, were you talking, talking about, about fish? fish? Oh my god, I said... <laughs> I said fish, and the cat's like, yeah, I'm interested. Didn't care about that dating stuff, but fish. Or was it when you said dick? No. Listen, don't talk shit about my cat. Um, It's guys at tiger temples with those tigers that are, like, chained up. So many guys think it's really hot to put pictures on their tinder of them with tigers that are tied up i'm like oh yeah it's very impressive that you sat down next to this drugged up tiger in a tiger temple congratulations i've seen lots of girls do that as well of like them like hugging tigers in their in their tinder profiles and so on and i'm like that's firstly extremely dangerous and secondly shouldn't be safe I think what it is, is it's saying, I tr- I went on a gap year, or like, I <laughs> like year. to travel. I went on a gap year, I hugged a tiger. I really think that it's I very specific. That I chundered everywhere. <laughs> I chundered Aroa. Sorry guys, if you're not from <laughs> If you're not from the UK, YouTube in 2009 from the UK. <laughs> yeah, then you're going to be very confused. Um, I, I genuinely think it's like, I'm adventurous, look at me hugging this tiger. But that yeah. kind of stuff just makes me feel uncomfortable and i think that yeah like the fit holding up a fish and hugging a tiger is probably the equivalent of showing off your gun in indiana yeah oh no well no because in indiana they yeah they show off their guns and have fish on the same profiles i mean and then they have lots of outfits of them in the american flag like like a lot of profiles have more than one array of pictures of them like wearing the american flag i don't get it I just don't, I don't know, it is, you're right, it's what it says about you and what you're trying to project. And like, you can't be too, I don't know, I think that the moment you start getting like super strategic about what you want to project, then it just becomes fake and it all kind of comes crumbling down. But obviously you do project something with whatever you put up online and you kind of make active choices. Yeah, Tinder is performative. Now um, I'm going to look at my profile and see what I say. Oh, but I can't because del- I'm recording. <laughs> Here's how you can strike the perfect Tinder profile in okay. response to your actual question that you asked us a long time ago. Be true to yourself to the extent that you feel comfortable showing to strangers. Maybe slip in a couple of things that will make sure that the kind of people that you talk to understand that that's where you're coming from on a kind of social political spectrum. And don't hold a dead fish unless you're looking for cats. Because my cat would certainly be up for it. Oh she, dear, up for it was a poor choice of phrase. She is down to party. She's not but, down to party. Just so you know, my cat is like in her 50s in human years. She's an indoor cat. 50-year-old women spayed. have sex, Lex. She's spayed. She's not down to party. She could be. I mean, Who to knows? be fair, just because she's spayed doesn't mean she doesn't want to exactly. get laid. <laughs> This is Spade so upsetting. To get laid. Anyway, I'm so sorry. I think we did it. 
Are there any other things on t- I think you I think you've constructed the perfect Tinder. Can I just say, Emma, that if you I mean, if you just tell us some information about you, we'll construct your <gasps> That's bio for so you. So true. We are happy to offer that service. We will do that. And I mean, if anyone else wants to write in with some basic info about themselves, we will construct your Tinder bio for you. Great segment. I don't want to make any promises, but it's going to be good. Okay, next question. So Natalie says, I have 100%ed Tinder. Now what? Please help. I'd like to point out that Rosianna had no idea what it meant to 100% Tinder. What it means to 100% Tinder is that you have run out of matches... You have gone through everybody in your area and you have, you've reached the end. You're not even scraping the barrel anymore. The barrel is empty, which happens mostly to people who don't live in cities. So it's kind of, some of of us live in cities. It happens to to Rosianna (laughs) because when she's gone through all the gunfish men, she's just done. Okay. The question is now what? Have you met Bumble? A, there are other dating apps. They cater to different scenarios and orientations and interests. I found out recently there's a vegan and vegetarians What? I know, which didn't exist as far as I'm aware. Like last time I was um, probably single. There's Muslim Tinder. I know someone who's on Muslim Tinder. Yeah, so there's like, there's a lot of options is what I'm saying. I'm sure there's like a Christian Tinder and like very, like just, I, I mean, anything, anything you are, there's probably an app for you. There's a... There's an actually, there's a dating website for farmers. <laughs> there's like a dating service. I can't remember what it's of called. Of course there like is. Farmers, farmers something, Farmer's Choice. No, is it called Hose? <laughs> That's terrible. Is it called Plow Me? Oh my God. I'm sorry if that audio just peaked because I got so excited about Tinder for Farmers that I got it's- very close to the microphone. <laughs> No, it's sadly none of those names. It's farmersonly.com. And it says, sign up for free (laughs) to find a farmer, rancher, cowboy, cowgirl, or animal lover here at farmersonly.com. An online dating site meant for down-to-earth folks only. (laughs) Down-to-earth. Down-to-earth. Still upset they didn't call it hose. That's the thing. Anyway, so there's lots of... Wait, my cat's out. eating something she shouldn't be eating. Give me a second. This is great content That's for the pod. Not for you. Oh. Sorry, the cat had gotten into my chips and was eating a chip, which she shouldn't be. So you have several options here, I would say, as someone in a similar situation. The first option is to just keep swiping, even when you've met, you've seen everyone, and see whether that affects anything. Second option is to uh, swear off dating forever. Third option is to tell your friends that you're interested in dating at the moment. If they know anyone, or they can think of anyone for you that they think would be a good match or just like a fun night out, um, then maybe you'd be open to being introduced to them in a communal setting, in a relaxed environment. Um, really just go bowling <laughs> with this person. <laughs> And all your friends. Rosianna is obsessed with the idea of bowling as a kind of like platonic introduction to a person because she thinks bowling is like the least sexy thing ever. I would like to point out that in bowling, 
you you might sweat a little bit from throwing things. Also, there are just balls flying everywhere, which some How people like are it. into. Sweaty and full of balls. And you put your sweaty feet into shoes that have been worn by someone else, which for some people, I'm sure, is a specific fetish. So don't discount bowling. You put your fingers in holes. Um, I don't know. Like, what are, so, like, if your friends have got like a a relaxed party or something. I don't know. There, there are other places and other things you could do. If your friends are all going out to hunt Pokemon together, that's another good way. But yeah, just let your friends know that you're interested because they might not have someone straight away, but they might not. They might meet someone um, who they're like, oh yeah, this person would go well with my friend. My friend, what was your name? Natalie. <laughs> my friend Natalie. Brutal. This person might go well with my friend Natalie. Um, and so yeah, just like to have that in their minds. And then the other thing I would say is go to events. My, this is, my, my advice is very circuitous. But go to events uh, for things that you're interested in and passionate about, whether that's talks or like visiting authors or music events, um, because then I think it really does help to have that point of common interest first uh, when you're meeting someone. And even if everyone in that room completely sucks, you at least know going in that they care enough about this thing to, to pay money or to spend their time going to see it. So that's my dating advice from um, someone else who has 100%ed. Am I using that correctly? I think you are. Well done, you're down with the kids. I think, yeah, agreed. Tinder is easy in that you just have to swipe and that feels like a really low commitment thing to do is to like swipe yeah. and maybe send a few messages. And sometimes it feels more like you're putting yourself out there in a more vulnerable way to actually go physically to places. I mean, I, there are, there are like dating events that you can go to. There are like singles, fun singles, things you can do. You can do like singles sports or you can probably do singles Pokemon. I don't know, but there are other ways to kind of put yourself out there if you feel ready and prepared for that kind of situation. So we have to remember that, you know, just because we're all millennials. I don't know if you're a millennial. A millennial. <laughs> I don't know if you're a millennial. Just making assumptions. But just because we're all used to, like, the world of apps, that's not the be-all and end-all of dating. One People... thing you could do is, like, bring a friend along to speed dating. Go speed dating together or something. Yes. To do. Also. It's like the kind of thing I would have done with Lex, where she's still single. <laughs> Sorry. The thing to remember is that in the olden days, there was no Tinder. There wasn't even Match.com or OkCupid. There was nothing. And people still found each other. The human race still continued through reproduction because people met each other not on Tinder. So it is possible. I don't fully understand how, but it's possible. And again, like I do think that it must be a lot harder um, if you're not cis white white passing like it's it's a much harder thing to, it's quite easy for me to be like yeah just go out there and like meet people um but i think that there are ways i hope that there are ways report back now i'm losing hope as i say <laughs> i hope that there are ways anyway let's move on to the next question and um, this is going to be our last question lex our last question is from rachel and she says dear lex and rosiana lex first nice lex should always come first that's loaded. Everything I say is so... <laughs> I didn't even think about that. You didn't think about me coming first. I always think about that. Anyway, 
Dear Lex and Rosianna, I've been dating this guy for almost a year and I've come to care about him, but I feel like he's more my friend than my boyfriend. We're both going off to college next year and it seems like our lives are going in separate directions. I want him to remain part of my life, but I'm afraid I can no longer prioritize him over my job, school and sports. I feel guilty about wanting to break up with him when I do care about him, but I don't want to have to move my life around him. Any advice would be really helpful. Heart eyes and goodbyes. Rachel, really enjoyed heart eyes and goodbyes and the fact that people are using the format of pumpkins and penguins. Great sign, First of all, congratulations on doing sports. I just have to get that out of the way. You do some sports and that's a commitment and I'm proud of you for doing that. For doing sports? For doing sports. I'm just impressed by anyone who does sports, basically. It feels to me like you know, based on how you've worded this question, you know what you want to do, you know what you have to do. If a relationship isn't a priority and other things in your life are more important and primarily if you feel like he's more your friend than your boyfriend... That's very important and you don't want to be in that situation where you feel like you're dating somebody but you are not in the same place that they are. Maybe neither of you are in that place, I don't know. But I feel like you know what you have to do. Um, And feeling guilty about breaking up with somebody, everyone feels that unless they're heartless, unless they're Voldemort. I'm kidding. Everyone feels that. Including Um, Voldemort. It's horrible to break up with somebody including Voldemort. Voldemort feels bad about it, probably. Probably not. Um, Everybody does feel... It's horrible to break up with somebody. I've broken up with people in the past and it feels terrible. And obviously most people would think that it feels more terrible to be broken up with. And often I agree with that. But it's still a really difficult thing to do and you shouldn't um, kind of diminish that. Like it's, it's a horrible experience and nobody relishes the idea of breaking up with someone unless they've done something terrible to you, obviously, in which case you should do it with like flair and you know just dramatically break up with them but I don't think you should feel guilty because if you know it's the right thing to do then it it's the right thing to do for you and it's the right thing to do for him as well because he doesn't want to be in a relationship with somebody who doesn't want to be in a relationship with him no one wants that so please don't feel guilty and um it's going to be difficult but you know what you have to do you know what the right thing is to do Rosianna and I are behind you waving pom-poms i've never been a cheerleader but i feel like i could be a breakup cheerleader yeah i could do that that sounds way more my style we could just show up wearing t-shirts to say break up with him (laughs) instead of make out with him yes perfect (laughs) love it i feel like that's the role that i was born to play now i really agree with everything that you said um i also think it's really hard when you're friends with someone and you feel and they're important to you and you want them to stay in your life it's kind of hard to accept that you might have to, the kindest thing you might have to do after breaking up with them is give them space and distance. Because like, if you're that person in their life, you want to be there for them, looking after them because they're your friend and you care about them. Um, and like, that's a hard transition to make. But at the end of the day, it's, it's, like, it, it's probably going to be helpful for both of you guys if you do have a little bit of space, which is hard as well if you're like in, in school together or anything or like in any other environment together but I would say that even though it seems like you're quite like settled in this uh, relationship as a friendship there might still be some kind of transition there and I think allowing yourself a little bit of space um, after the breakup to do that would be a good thing for both of you and we'll be there with pom-poms for that too t-shirts that say space we're always there with t-shirts that say space and we mean it in both 
space as in the universe and the space that's out there and also the space that's right here between humans on this planet. Yeah, you're right. It's difficult. And especially if you already feel like you're friends, you'll probably want to continue that friendship, but it probably is best for both of you that you give it a little bit of space. You know, that thing we call space. <laughs> I hope it goes well, Rachel. Yeah, good I luck. know it's a difficult situation, but we wish you luck. We're there with the pom-poms and yeah. We we want the best for you and for him and for everyone. Everyone listening. Creatures great and small. Not the people not listening, though. Like, the people who aren't listening can go to hell, in my opinion. Wow. For the moment they listen, they get saved. It's like the rapture. It's like a cult, is what we're saying. It's very (laughs) specifically like a cult. Join us or else. Anyway, I think that's it for us on the podcast today. You know, I think we've given all the advice we can give today. We've given all we can give, clearly, because we're now just giving nothing we're just useless we're giving, we're giving our bodies gin and tonic lex how can how can people send in questions if they want our wonderful priceless advice i mean having heard this obviously you're going to want advice from us and you can get it by emailing makeoutwithhim at gmail.com you can use the hashtag makeoutwithhim on twitter you can tweet us at makeoutwithhim a twitter account that i did not know existed until rosianna told me here for recently. you oh yeah and whenever you contact us please do if possible let us know your pronouns that you'd like to be referred to as and then also please let us know the name you'd like to be called whether that's you know your real name like gertrude or it's always uh, gertrude jennifer jennifer's new or runal you know really whatever you go by um please please let us know please if you want to be anonymous just say runal and we'll know what you mean. We'll know. We'll, we'll. we'll really know what you mean. That's runal, spelled R-O-O-N-I-L. Is that correct? Runal. I don't know. Yeah. I feel runal. like you're in a spelling bee. R-O-O-N-I-L. <laughs> runal. Runal. Um, <laughs> runal was lib. For 100 points, legs from London. Um, <laughs> thanks so much for listening to our podcast. Send in your advice, questions. What? Send in your problems. That's what I was gonna say we've got great advice thanks for listening to our podcast hopefully we'll see you in a week thanks for listening to the podcast it's produced by lex and rosiana hosted by lex and rosiana we don't have any theme music we're so alone goodbye